ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my woman. All right, after I got divorced, confession time. All I wanted was a one-night stand. I mean, I had been with my husband since I was 18. He was the only, I'm going to get graphic here, the only penis I had ever had sex with. And so all I wanted was a one-night stand. But I had no idea how to do one-night stand. I had no idea how to date. I hadn't dated anybody, really. And so after I'm divorced, picture this, I'm 26 years old. I'm pretty hot. Like I had a divorce diet. I don't recommend it to anybody, but it was like weight was just shedding off no matter how many M&Ms I ate. And I was like, I'm feeling so sexy. And now I feel sexy with curves. So that's a totally different story. But I was 26. So whatever. And I'm out there. And right away, I go to visit a friend of mine in Miami. And she's like, come with me to this party. And she was in medical school. So we go to this party. And she says, a friend of mine who drives a boat is going to take us. So we get on this boat. I'm like, a boat? What the heck is this? This is like amazing, right? And like the wind's in my hair. And we end up at this party. And long story short, I end up having my one night stand with the boat driver. But in the meantime, at the party, I met a cardiologist. And I was like, ooh, a cardiologist who lives in Florida. Yeah, okay, I'm going to marry him. And I did end up dating him for like eight months. And truth be told, I then had a series of one-year relationships where it was like, this is my person. I'm going to marry this one and then break up. No, no, this is my person. I'm going to marry this one and then break up. I'd love to be able to say after my divorce, I learned so much and there I was so smart and did everything right and like really figured out what I wanted. But that didn't come until much later. That's why I was actually divorced for 14 years in between my two marriages. Because that tender heart inside of me really just wanted to be loved. And so I kept going to person after person after person who will love me and who will be my person. And I wish then that I had had my guest at that time. Because my guest is an expert in how to navigate the full range of love and relationships and dating from who and how we date and what we want to healing in a relationship to breaking up and healing after a relationship. She is the end all and be all of all things love. So let me introduce you to her. You're going to love her. She's also one of my soul sisters, one of my dear friends. You are going to like buckle up. You're going to love this conversation because we're talking everything, love, sex, dating, breakup, like what could be freaking better. Let me introduce you to Jamie Simpkins. She is a licensed therapist based in Chicago, and she is an international relationship coach who helps women to stop feeling lonely and to start getting the love that you crave. 
Her work centers on the full life cycle of romantic love, from navigating dating to strengthening relationships to healing from breakups. She is the love genius, and I cannot wait for us to dive in. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. I love love genius. Yeah. Let's just own it. That's who you are. And, you know, it's so funny. That's how I see you. Really? Right. Like you came on my Italy retreat. Mm-hmm. And I just have to describe this for everybody. Okay. So changed Jamie my life, I, by the way. Changed my life. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How did it change your life? Let's go there first. Oh my gosh, Karen. Um, it changed my life. Well, just knowing you has changed my life and where, where I was at that time in my life. I, you know, I was definitely primed and ready for like a catalyst to come and I, mm-hmm. I needed that. I will say it was, you know, that you've heard this a million times, the type of women that you attract and the sisterhood. So the support I needed for a change that I kind of was already going to make, mm. you know, changes that I needed to make in my life, both in my business and in my relationship at the time. Mm. Um, and the tools that you taught us were life-changing. Mm. I used them this morning. So mm. that thank isn't you, a nutshell, you. but I could go on and on. And you don't need to, because we're here to talk about you and yeah. love, but I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. I love being yeah. celebrated. I love hearing how women change in coming into my retreats or my programs yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So Jamie shows up. I have to paint this picture for all of you out there. <laughs> Okay, she gets there before I do. And she's at the house. She has a fiery, red, curly, <laughs> gorgeous hair that's like flowing like a freaking goddess. She's in these like funky, cool glasses. My two-year-old instantly is like, it's like he sees the goddess in her. And we go down to the pool and she teaches him swim lessons. And then let me tell you, through, which he wouldn't do with me, throughout the week... She brings out like incredible freaking fiery outfit after fiery outfit. Like one is like orange and has these big flowers on it. And like one I like commandeered from her is like the sexy slinky thing that is like metallic rose gold. And like, I'm like, can I borrow that? And she's the woman that when we went into town, we went into Montepulciano, like her, just your essence, Jamie, men were like getting whiplashed looking at you and yes you're physically gorgeous it's this inner part of you that is just effervescent and loving and generous and so it's like there's no one better to teach how to date than you because you are the fiery goddess you are the love genius you're all of it thank you and I think I'm on this planet to bring that out in, in other people. I think joy mm. and fire is our birthright. And I don't know if you can see, I wear Venus. So I wear Persephone, but I wear Venus on my neck every day mm. because I'm a Taurus. So I love love. I love all things love and romance and sensuality. And, you know, they tell you to like, find a, find the thing that you could talk about all day and do that for a living. And for me, it's mm. this, it's love <laughs> and sex and dating and relationships and all of the stuff that goes with it. So thank you for that. Oh my gosh, yes. So let's just start with what do you see when it comes to women and love? Because mm-hmm. I can tell you what I see, but I'll share yeah. after you. What do you okay. like, paint us the picture? What's happening here? Yeah, well, okay, sleeping generalizations here, but the, the, the women I see that the universe tends to send to me or that I draw in, um, I see a lot of anxiety around mm. relationships, I see a lot of um, second guessing. I see mm-hmm. a lot of um, obsessional like thinking and taking on 
so much of the mental load mm. um, of building the relationship. So if you're in a relationship, you know, a long-term relationship, whether it's a marriage or committed partnership, I feel like as women, we take on, yes, we're socialized to take on the brunt of growing the relationship when it's right. studies that show that when the man, so this is for hetero relationship, when the man is emotionally intelligent, that is a sign of relationship success. Mm. When the man uh, grows his emotional intelligence and his um, capacity for intimacy. So that's, I mean, that's, I see. That's what I see. What about you? Yeah. Well, I was something very similar. So, mm. you know, what I see, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just put myself into this category for years and yeah. years and years. Okay. So I'm not mm-hmm. any different than any of you out there. Yeah. I see beautiful women, right? All mm-hmm. shapes, all sizes, just like all gloriousness, who are freaking genius, yep. right? Like brilliant in their career, successful, like generous, kind, loving, fun. Mm-hmm. And like, then a potential mate comes along and like, we completely forget that we're all those things. Yeah. And this, I do see this more when it comes to hetero relationships, but it can happen with, you know, any relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's like that desire for love is so great that myself included accepted, right? I've accepted a lot that frankly, I shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Right. And the story in my mind for a long time was that there are no emotionally intelligent men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are those guys? That was mine. That too. doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So what I see, and again, I'm I'm not like I'm not taking myself out of the equation. It's just that second guessing that you mentioned and that mm-hmm. obsessing. Like, in my mind, did I do it right? Did I say it right? Why didn't he call me? Like, that was me for, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And why do we do that? Why, mm-hmm. as successful, accomplished, beautiful women, do we do that? Well, I think two reasons. I think it's usually based in trauma, um, based in what we learned as children, what we saw as children. I think right, wrong, good or bad, the folks that raised us are to a degree responsible for how we view the world and how we internalize and make sense of the world and, and love. Right. Mm. So that's not blaming anybody's mom and dad. I love my parents Mm. and (laughs) right. Like, yeah, both. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Because at this point in our lives, we, we get to take radical self-responsibility, right? It's not blaming, but it can sometimes be helpful to just say, Oh, that's where Mm -hmm. this came from for Mm -hmm. me. So I see a lot of women who, like myself, so usually you see your own, like you are your ideal client, are right. anxious, you know, and have like what you hear a lot of buzzwords, the anxious attachment, avoidant attachment. So um, depending on how you were raised, whether it was like in a neglectful or um, chaotic environment, that could play out in your romantic relationships where you feel, you try to replay that, you relive that anxiety, that, that will he, won't he come here, go away. Um, in hopes of healing it in your romantic relationships. We we want to like, oh, this time it's going to be healed. Like this time it's going to be better. And then my other, so I said two reasons. The other I think is just the patriarchal structure of society um, and, you know, uh, just how women are socialized, you know, versus men. I grew up where my mom was the breadwinner. Yeah. And okay. she had this powerful career. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She taught college. She taught math. She went on to like create different 
classes for other community college professors on how to use graphing calculators. Like, she was badass, right? Mm. And she was up at the crack of dawn making all of our lunches, including my dad's, even though he came home for lunch. Mm-hmm. Right? And she would come home from work at like 3 o'clock, be with us, and make dinner while he's watching TV, watching the news. And so it's like the model I had was like, yes, be a powerful woman. And still, this is how you have to do relationship, right? Right. And so the modeling of how we grow up, and as you said, what what we get as messages from society, because we still grew up, it's different now, but we grew up in the time of all the sitcoms where like, woman caring for man when he came home and getting him slippers and the Mm -hmm. joke was always like she's a nag she asks for too much she's you know all these things it's about her weight like we we really took in a lot of messages Mm -hmm. and that has an effect oh my god yeah on you right? right so you you could have like grown up in like a pretty equitable household or maybe feminist household but then you go to school or you watch yeah. TV or you read a fashion right. magazine. I mean, magazines aren't a thing, but weren't they like such a thing? <laughs> like, oh my God, that was know? it. Like Cosmo magazine was like, that's yeah. where I learned. It was like, everything. you know, everything, like the 10 things that will make him like you, the five things you have to stop doing or else he wants, every single quiz was about being liked by a boy. Yes. Yep. And that's also every- where, where I learned about periods and everything else. Too, right. so. I did not learn it at home. No, no, no. Yeah. You know, and I'd be curious to hear from you, Jamie, and how it impacted. And again, it's not like blaming. It's rather this moment to take true radical self-responsibility for ourselves. But I realized in my first marriage, there I was. We we each had a career. He was a lawyer. I was in mm-hmm. marketing. We made the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. It was a year when we each made $65,000. I, re- I remember it exactly. And he actually went to his boss to say, she makes more than me. You have to give me a raise. Like he couldn't, he couldn't handle that. Handle and it. like, right. And listen, whatever gets us more money, that's cool. Except not cool, right? Yeah. And I'm cooking dinner and watching him watch the news. And I've got a box of raisins and I'm, because I always eat when I cook. I'm eating the raisins and, eat, and I'm getting angrier and angrier and angrier And so at some point, I just couldn't even stand it anymore. And I take the handful of raisins and I walk over to the TV and I throw, like I nail him with the raisins. I became like the raisin abuser. Because the model that worked for my mom didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And so if someone's listening to this, I'd be curious about your own experience too, Jamie. But Mm -hmm. what do we do? Okay, so we know there's an issue here. What do we do? Yeah. Well, I think awareness is the first step because that which we're aware of, we can focus on and that which we focus on, Mm. we can change. Mm. So you're aware, like, okay, I don't want to be throwing raisins at my partner. And my beloved, right. Yeah. I don't want to be a raisin abuser. Right. I don't be a raisin abuser. I don't be any kind of abuser. So what is at the root of that? You know, what was driving that Mm. for you, do you think? You know, for me, see, I love this. The reason I have guests on my podcast is so I get free coaching. Okay. Um, love it. <laughs> what was, what was at the root of that was that my truth is that I didn't mm-hmm. want to be making his dinner every night while he watched TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted an equitable partnership. 
mm-hmm. where sometimes he cooked, sometimes I cooked. We we had a glass. We could have a glass of wine and cook together. But I didn't want what felt like a truly inequitable partnership, and I yeah. felt like I was being used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I even little- wrote him a poem one day that he found ah. when 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 we decided to get divorced. He had just found a book of my poetry and I had written a poem that said, I am not just the person who makes your dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think now all my years of therapy, I, it's like I, I know that I, I swallowed whole a lot of who I was supposed to be. Oh, yeah. And we do that, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm imagining a, <clears throat> I'm putting myself in little Karen or young, young woman Karen's shoes watching mom do it all. Mm-hmm. And there is a part of you that's like, hell no, I don't want that. Mm, but a mm-hmm. part of you that's like, oh, well, if mom's doing it, then it must be right because our parents are our world. They're the center of our universe. So we think what they're doing must be cool, must right. be kosher, must be okay. So are the brain is always going to veer toward what's familiar over what's pleasant mm. over, every time. The brain sees what's familiar as love rather than what's pleasant. So what Ooh. was familiar to Wait a minute, you? we need to yeah. put a big <laughs> okay. outline, outline, hyphen, it. like yes. take our highlighter exclamation. out, <laughs> exclamation. Everyone yeah. should write this down or if you're okay. driving, just like see yeah. if you can like sear this in your memory. The brain chooses what is familiar over what is pleasant. Or it sees love, what is familiar is love. And sees so what, what is familiar, familiar is love. To you was this woman who did it all. Uh but that wasn't what your spirit, your true essence wanted. For me, mm. it was kind of the same. I grew up in a household where my mother overfunctioned. Well, what happens when we overfunction for our partners is um, it only requires that they then underfunction. Mm. Um, and my sister mm. and I talk about this all the time. We have the same pattern of overfunctioning for men in our relationships, hoping that they'll love us, or that we'll be recognized oh for that. Right. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because my mom was recognized. My dad's two sisters would always say, your mother's a saint, your mother's a saint, your mother's a saint, right? So it's like my mom got all these accolades for being the everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I want that. Of course, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. Yep. Until I have a box of raisins in my hand. Right, until we play that out in our romantic relationships when we're grown-ups and that shit doesn't work, you know? Right. What worked for us as kids is brilliant and genius, and we needed that to survive. That was genius that that you knew to do that. Mm. It's just like we get a certain age, and it's usually like right around 30, mid-20s, late-20s, depending on the person, where we're like, wait, no, this doesn't work. Right. It's hard, though, at that moment Mm. to unravel it. Yeah. Right? It's like... A lot of women contact me. They're like, I want to feel powerful. I want to be happy. I want to be living my joy. But the gap feels too far because it's so Mm -hmm. habitual to be this other way. Yep. So you get a therapist or a coach. Yeah, right. (laughs) And that's really the end of the story. (laughs) You know, right? Like that's, that is. and. And before that, while you listen to this yeah. podcast, and we will let mm-hmm. everybody know where everybody can find Jamie, because you're going to want to follow her on yeah. on all the things. Seriously, you post such great stuff. You, Thank you. Your posts about attachment style and about why we do the things we do and what we mm-hmm. are accepting in relationships that we don't need to and and how to create the kind of relationship we want. There is like this 
this gap though, right? To like mm. who we want to be and what, and I know for myself, and I hear this a lot from women, it's actually scary. Like, oh, I want, I want to be in my power, but that is scary mm-hmm. to actually do something different than I'm doing. I don't want to disappoint people, yeah. right? I don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. What if it's worse on the other side? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's very true. I think that's what keeps a lot of us in the same behaviors or in relationships that don't work for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you also do a lot with breakups. Mm-hmm. Yes. Breakups are gut-wrenching. Yeah, they are the hardest thing <laughs> that you'll ever go through. The hardest yeah. thing I've ever been through. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I do what I do. Yeah. You know, um, when I, you know, it's like I've had a lot of breakups. We all do. <laughs> same. <laughs> same. Same, same, same. Raise your hand if you've yeah, had a lot of breakups. Keep loving and loving. Keep chugging along. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that becomes hard too, right? Is like, mm-hmm. how do you keep your heart open yes. when you've been hurt before? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, should we dive into breakups or should we dive yeah. into dating and talk about the whole cycle? Mm. Where should we start, Jamie? Let's talk about, let's talk about breakups. We're, we were there. Let's talk about And then about we'll go it. back to Heartbreak dating. Okay. Because I think cool. a breakup can be a great catalyst for, you know, changing how you date, you mm. know, changing how you do relationships. Mm, mm, mm. So when I have done breakups before, uh-huh. yep. right, like I broke up with Josh in the middle of our relationship. Oh, I and, didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, we had like um maybe 8 months to a year of a breakup. Oh, okay. And because there were there were parts of of our life it wasn't about love or mm-hmm. compatibility. Well, maybe some compatibility. He lived in Philadelphia, I wanted to live in New York. He had a son I didn't want to be a stepmom. I mean, those are like really big things. And so yeah. we broke up and it really felt like the right thing mm-hmm. until it didn't. Mm-hmm. Until I'm like, oh, I really want him in my life. Mm-hmm. And so how do how does a woman navigate that? There's mm-hmm. like a couple aspects of breakup. I'm thinking, how do we know if we're really supposed to be broken up or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And how do you tend to your broken heart? Because yeah. I see this a lot in others and have seen it a lot in myself before where I didn't want to break up. It's like, even if I felt like we should break up, I was terrified to break up that I'd be losing something really great. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. That maybe this is, this is the best I can do or. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, I, so how do you know if you should break up with someone is a very big question. Let's do that first. And that's a big discernment process that, that I can't give a cut and dry answer for that. Right. Um, I Fair think enough. just um, a good rule of thumb is if you're requesting change and it's not happening over time, that's probably a good sign that it's not working or this iteration mm. of the relationship isn't working. And also, mm. I just want to pause. I have to say this caveat right here. Karen and Josh getting back together after a breakup and lasting is very, very rare and I know for mm. anyone who's listening who has a tender, broken heart, you're probably hoping that you could have a story like that. But only 70, mm. 70% of people um, who get together after a breakup don't make it to the one-year mark. So it's very oh. rare to make it after you break up. Because if you do break up and you decide you want to try again, you have to, com- you have to create a completely different relationship because you already proved the old one doesn't work. Ooh. Right? Yes. 
that. Did you have that, that. experience? Whew, Jamie, that was a mic drop. <laughs> yeah, you know, and for us, the breakup was because we were living, we want, it wasn't even that we wanted different things. It's like, yeah. I didn't want to live in Philadelphia. And what actually ended up happening is I said, okay, I'll, I will do these things. And that was a pattern of mine was to do the thing that the other person wanted over mm -hmm. what I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I actually fell into the pattern again and mm -hmm. said, I will do these things, um, like move to Philadelphia and stepmom. And because that was me repeating a pattern, we had a very rough few years. Okay. Right? Where it's like, I could easily see, oh, we easily could not have made it through that first year. Yeah. Because the thing that changed was me giving up what I wanted, right? Living in New York and things like that. So what, ha what had to happen for us, mm -hmm. because I no longer would allow myself to contort to what someone else, what, I, I then had to really say, oh my gosh, I really sacrificed, I really compromised on things that are important to me. How do we rectify them? Yeah. So we got an apartment in New York. And then we Airbnb'd it a lot so that mm -hmm. we could pay for it. Oh, but then I, I also that. could go there for two weeks a month. Uh -huh. We made the agreement that after a son graduated high school, I would get to choose where we live. Yeah. Things mm -hmm. like that. I mm -hmm. had to I had to redefine what mm -hmm. stepmom looked like for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't want to be the person who was driving carpool. That it it wasn't in alignment for me. Mm -hmm. Um I went to New York once before we had the apartment. I went to New York once a month to work and to stay there. And so it was like we had to I had I had to go through the process of realizing. Like Britney Spears says, oops, I did it again. <laughs> yeah. And. Yep. What do I need? Yeah. And the difference between him and other partners, and this is what actually made it work, is he wants me to have what I want. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so that's. Thank you for helping me think through that. <laughs> yeah. So you did create a different relationship and you, yep. I love the creative problem solving there, solving the geographic, you know, incompatibility there, let's say, yeah. you know, so you were, you really, you created a completely different relationship, you know? And, yeah. We needed um, to. Right. So that anyway, big caveat, it doesn't always work well, that way. And yeah, uh, no, I'm glad that you said yeah. that. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that. So the majority you of know? time it, it doesn't work and that if you're breaking right. up, there's probably a reason for it. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I have been there. I have been the person Googling at my kitchen table breakup coach. And there weren't any back then. This is about five years ago, um, mm. six years ago. Um, there, there are now, I mean, I'm one now, but, um, <laughs> you know, because I would have paid anyone to help me figure out this pain. I would have done anything, mm. you know, to fast forward it, you know, because it's grief. It's, it's, it's a loss. Yes. I remember talking to one of my best friends. I was going through that and she was going through the diagnosis um, of a family member, uh, a, a scary diagnosis. And she was like, I was like, I you, what you're going through is worse. And she was like, are you kidding me? I would not want to be going through a breakup. I think that's worse. And it just blew my mind that she would, could even put it that way. But that, that is how deeply painful, you know, breakups are. They are that bad. Mm. They are a death. Um, they are and, a death. Uh, I did, I decided to dive into the research. I was going to figure this out for myself. Mm. Um, and, uh, put, you know, I am a therapist. I have a master's in clinical psychology. I've been a shrink for 10 years. 
but I, I laser focused all my, you know, grad school study capabilities on this. And um, I realized one of the things that I came away with and the research shows there is no association between the time uh, that your breakup occurred and the amount of time that you can be in pain. Hmm. So what that means is, you know, to the negative, you could still be in pain a year later, which we all know that person who just seems to not be able to get over their breakup, their failure to thrive, they can't move on. But that also right. works in the inverse, which means you, it can actually take much less time if you use the right tools and have, you know, a community to heal mm. within. So it's not time heals all wounds. It's what you do right. with the time. Mm. Whoa, another mic drop. Right? It's not that. Yes, everyone get out your <laughs> highlighter, right? We want to put a picture frame around this one. It's not that time heals all wounds. It's what you yep. do with the time. Yep. Mm. And so what do we need to do with the time? Mm-hmm. What okay. helps with that? Yep. So I have a whole framework for that. But just very quickly, I think uh, first aid, the first rule of first aid is you have to stop the bleeding. You have to stop making it worse. Mm. And so how a lot of us are doing that are by staying in touch with our ex, stalking them on social media, <laughs> pulling in Olivia Rodrigo and driving alone past their street, uh, <laughs> waiting for like, you know, chance encounters. Um, how many so, of you feel called out right now? Right? Sorry. Like, oh, I've, she's I've watching there. me yeah. on social. Yeah, like what? So, you it's know. so funny. I broke up with someone. Let, let's total confession time, right? Okay. So I'm not interested in dating and, and anything at all. But mm-hmm. I broke up with someone in 2009. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who lives in a different state because I've moved and popped up on my LinkedIn for whatever freaking reason. Like yeah. never has popped up on my mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. I'm curious, right? I'm not saying I'm interested, but yeah. I'm curious, right? Yeah, and so I scrolled. Up. Yeah. What's up? You know, did he go bald yet? Because I look yeah. awesome, you know. So like, totally. I'm like going through all the yeah. the scrolling, and then so it's just really funny our human yep. behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And here's another bomb. Get your pens out. The breakup okay. brain is the breakup brain is an addicted brain. Oh. So every time you stalk them in social media or you, you're holding on to their stuff or, you know, kind of staying connected in some way, you're getting a hit of your drug, but it's the counterfeit street crack version. It's, it's, and it's never last and it's never as good and it's hindering your healing. Mm. So I know people hate the no contact thing, but it really is important to try to break ties if you can in the beginning. Wow. You know, the thing about addiction. Yeah of any kind is that we know it takes a bigger and bigger dose each time. Yeah. Right. Someone addicted to alcohol. It's not two drinks anymore. Now it's three. Now it's five. Now it's seven. Now it's nine. Mm -hmm. And so it's just going to get more and more. Yeah. And you're, you're reminding me. So my very first love was, my best friend in high school, she, mm-hmm. right, is told me one day she'd love me. And I'm like, I love you too. Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't know mm-hmm. what she was talking about. <laughs> yeah. And then we ended up having a relationship and I was mm-hmm. in love. Like mm-hmm. I can't even, the amount of love I felt for her. Mm-hmm. And then our relationship 
soured and she started hitting me. Mm. And then I, I ran off to college. It was like, that was my way, right? I'm, mm. I'm going away to college, then I never have to see her again. And then I dove right into my, with my first husband, like, okay. right. Then I had, I met him, had sex. He was right. my first penis, as I said. And then we, right. right. And for years, I'm talking like 20 years. So if we broke up when I was 17, I probably didn't even have my healing around this until I was 37, 38. I mean, a long, maybe 40, mm-hmm. a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would then, and it was like the, uh, that addicted brain Mm-hmm. And the abused brain too, right? Yeah. Of like yeah. real mind fuckery of this person has some sort of like power over me for a yeah. really long time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like when you just said that, it just hit mm-hmm. me like, oh yeah, that's what was going on there. Yeah. That was like an addiction. Yeah. And I'm so glad mm. you brought up high school love because I think mm. it's not taken seriously. And I actually have mm. a, a similar story in that my first love um, and we dated like my junior year to my freshman year in college off and on the way that it ended was so traumatic that mm-hmm. I had like, now I know it was PTSD from the way it ended, which was a sudden cutting off. He left me a note on the front seat of my car. I was 18 oh and I didn't see it coming. So I've had to heal this love can end at any moment or this baggage mm. around like being abandoned or left. So it's not only right. going back to your parents, but it's also your early love experiences that form right. it up, you know, an imprint on your brain for how you play out love in future relationships in your adult life. And our brains aren't even fully formed till we're 26. So like, right. you know, all of that stuff totally matters. When we're young, young love matters. It matters. And it's it deep. has, as yep. you say, a, it's deep and it has yeah. a big imprint. Yeah. A big imprint. Mm-hmm. And so, Going through a breakup, someone who's listening to this, I know I just totally yeah. took us on a tangent. It's okay. <laughs> but the first piece, as you said, yeah, right, is first rule of first aid: stop the bleeding, stop making it worse. See, I took us on yeah. such a tangent. I'm like, wait, what was the first piece? Okay, first okay. piece: stop making it worse, yes. stop the bleeding. Okay, yes. so no contact. Yes. Got it. So then, number two, we want to really get into the rewiring the brain part. Right. Mm. So um, when we fall in love with somebody, we have neural networks that are devoted to that person, thousands of neural networks and vice versa. Right. So we need to rewire those neural networks. Um, We need to, Mm. they need to be rededicated to like something else. Right. And so how you do that in part too is with the no contact and replacing all of that time and energy that you're putting into that relationship with something else generative, whether it's a craft, a hobby, your friend group, um, your education, your body, whatever it is, to um, start devoting neural networks to something else. Mm. Um, the next part is to um, also learn to sit with the big emotions that come so mm. you can move them through your body. And so this is where people really get stuck in the breakup process is when the grief comes, the feelings come, and we avoid. We drink or we, we have sex with someone or we binge, binge eat or binge watch TV or do something where the feelings come and they're just too much, so we put them away. But really, it only takes 90 seconds to two minutes to flush out a feeling through our mm. body. If you can mm. really learn to sit with it, which I teach. If it's yeah. staying longer than that, it's because you're making up a story and then you're mm. not just having the pure feeling. Mm-hmm. So a lot mm-hmm. of great recovery is learning how to just move those big feelings, move that grief, move that mm-hmm. anger through your body and get it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so, of, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yep. Well, the 90 second thing, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. we do know from research that 
an emotion really will live through you for 90 seconds. And if someone's mm-hmm. listening to this, like, yeah, you don't know me. Because I'm someone mm-hmm. like my big emotions are there for like 16 days. What are we talking totally. about for like <laughs> yeah. 90 seconds? Yeah. But the piece you said is so important. Mm-hmm. If it's lasting, it really means that you're piling on and you're making up. There's exactly. more story that you're adding to it. There's exactly. more you're attaching to it. That's fascinating. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it may come back. You know, mm-hmm. so I'll do a 90 second be like, okay, I feel better. And then you start to do something. You're like, oh, but I miss him. And then you're okay. Yeah. Then you do it again. But eventually you'll string together more time between the big waves that come, Mm. Um, you know, Mm. so it's really just sitting with discomfort. (laughs) Oh, it's so hard. It is. It is so freaking hard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so really learning, because I think that that's a moment too, where then we can run back to the person. Exactly. Because it's yep. so hard. So it's like, forget it. I don't want this hard. Right. It reminds yep. me of like when Shay's having a massive temper tantrum. Yeah. Right. Because I won't give him like, what was the temper tantrum yesterday? Oh, what did he want? I think breakfast. He wanted ice cream. It was something. Sounds great. Right. I know. It's like, really? Why am I saying no I to want this? That too. I know. I'm like, I'm only saying no to this because I think I'm supposed to say no to this. But really, what's the problem? There's probably less sugar in the ice cream than there is in some sort of like sugary cereal, including like Raisin Bran. But whatever. I digress. So, you know, the temper tantrum is so bad Mm -hmm. that I want to just be like, fuck it. You can have the ice cream. You can have the, the, the chocolate sauce. You can have the sprinkles. You can have whatever you want because that will just cut the bleeding. Exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. So if you find yourself having a tantrum in your breakup recovery, you want your to own, con- yeah. Yeah, you want to have contingency plans. And I help clients mm. do that where um, what do we do if we're like freaking out, we're having a panic attack because the pain is too bad, or we see that he's moved on already, or we run into him or them. Mm. Um, uh, so we have contingency plans that helps with rerouting the neural networks as well. And another tool that I'll give out is something I call the list. I have clients and I would encourage anyone listening right now to get out of your phone and write a list of all of the ways that you were not right together, all of the ways you're incompatible. Mm. I want you to get really petty and write down all of your pet peeves. I want you to write down all of the things that bug you about them. And, you know, there's a message to this madness for you to remember there's a reason we're not together. There's a reason this ended. Right. And here is the list. Yes. You know, yes. Yes. I love the list. I love the list. This is so good. I love the list. Yeah. And so I imagine that a big piece of this, this transition, as you said, is from breakup to dating. Like, then how Mm -hmm. do we date again? Yep. Yep. And do it differently. Because in my story at the beginning, I just kept dating basically the same person over and over again. I didn't learn a fucking thing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I do want to sort of debunk this myth that we have to be fully healed before we can start dating or move on. First of all, mm. we're never fully healed. So mm. like mm. not possible. Mm. Um, and partly if we're wounded in relationship, that means we can only heal in relationship. So mm. dating can be, you know, you do have to have moved on from your ex and feel like you've rewired your brain and reclaimed your life a little bit. So you can offer your best self to the next person. But let's say you've done that. Um, with dating, you know, you don't have to be fully healed because a lot of that correction is going to come doing it better this time. So mm. healing, if you were anxious, if you like to control things, if you were avoidant, working that out in real time, like dating can be a great laboratory <laughs> for that. That is so helpful. 
Because, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of messages that say, you need to love yourself. You need to be totally mm-hmm. yourself. You can't love someone else until you love yourself. And like, mm-hmm. I preach some of those messages sometimes. Yeah. And I think that that goes you know, back to what I was saying at the beginning of like, I see a lot of women, myself included, who are totally badass when it comes to all these other aspects of their life, totally confident. Yeah. And then when it comes to dating, we kind of lose it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep, we can. <laughs> and so it's like only in dating and really learning and choosing to date differently can we heal that and change. Exactly. That's you actually right. have to be in the game. You have to be yeah. in the game, if I'm hearing correctly. You have correctly. to put yeah. yourself in the game. That's such a great way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. What about if someone's having a hard time finding someone? Like, mm-hmm. you know, people tell me the apps suck. There are no good people out there. Like, Yep. Yep. Okay. So if you are saying that, it's time for a break. You need to delete the app for a month and take a break. Whenever mm. I hear someone saying the app suck, there's no one out there. That means you're burned out. Mm. Uh, and disenchanted and you need a break mm. because Got it. the that's apps simple. don't suck. I mean, in and of themselves, the app does not suck. The app does exactly what <laughs> it was designed right. to do. Right. Right. Um, the and there are people. people out there. Yes. There are people out there. Men are like buses. If you miss one, just wait 10 minutes and another one will be along. <laughs> <laughs> I think I still like Catherine Woodward, but yeah. You know, I you know. did you take that class calling in the one? Yeah, I was. Me too. Life changing. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I took her class yep. too. Um okay. during that breakup with Josh. Mm. It was, you know, that's that's when I took it. Calling in the awesome. one if anybody's curious about yeah. that. So, you know, it, you just you just said something that's like so brilliant and so okay. important that I think that the way that the patriarchy has set up women heterosexual Mm -hmm. women to date is to think that there are very few of them and many of us and that they are the prize and we need to chase them. Like what's wrong with me? I got, I got to get them. I got to When If, if everyone will just step back for one second, you will see that's the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Look at art going to any museum. The woman was freaking admired and adored and considered the like the beautiful the seductress the i gotta have her i want her it is the other way around yes yeah it is the other way around that you are the prize i'm not saying that they're not prizes too but like trust me here you don't i want to say this to like every 15 year old girl right like (laughs) just keep your legs closed a little bit like let them work (laughs) for it yeah they got it yep you know, you're the queen. They will work for it. They want it more than you do. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Men are like buses. Give it 10 minutes, another <laughs> one will come by. Right. If you miss one. Because we have this scarcity mentality, one. which comes down from yes. patriarchal structures. And right. I also think jumping back to the breakup thing, this is going to blow your mind. Once I learned that there doesn't have to be a certain amount of time that passes or, you know, that there's no correlation or association between time that passes and the amount of pain you can be in. I felt like everyone needs to know this and it must be because the patriarchy wants to keep us heartbroken. Like they want, Mm, it mm. wants us in pain. It wants us down because if we're thriving, that's scary. You know, Mm. if, if we're thriving, we might not need them anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, this is like hours of another conversation that we can have, but it's all been set up to make, make women think that we have to have a man in order to, 
to live. Yeah, right. You know, and it's like, you might want one. Yeah. But you also might want a woman or you might want a non-binary person or you might want to be on your own. And like, Mm -hmm. it's all good. Yeah. But this like belief that we need one in order to exist or in order to, we don't need them for money anymore. Live a full life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Right. So, okay. So we, so in dating again, it's, it's take a break. Take a break. Yep. And focus on your life. Take a break Mm. and focus on the things that bring you joy and make you happy. Mm, mm. And then the more you're focusing on the things that make you happy. That's right. You'll attract. Then the more someone. Uh, yeah. But, so let's say you take your break, you get back on. Uh, make it fun. Make it funny. Mm, you know, mm. um, don't take it so seriously. Mm. Right. And yeah. I struggle with this too. I, I am still learning this lesson myself. So I want full disclosure to not make dating be the end all be all or make my partner be like the, my raison d'etre and like the, the whole thing, right. To build your life, to be so awesome and amazing that a man is just extra. Like he's just bringing or a partner is just bringing the cherry on top of the Sunday. You already have, you already got, and I'm working on that too, everybody. Like I definitely struggle with that. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's really how I do feel. I'm glad to hear you say that because that's how I do feel mm-hmm. about my marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Josh is a cherry on top, mm-hmm. but like it really was about building such a full life. Yeah. Um, that's so beautiful. And, yeah. and it requires, this is why you're so needed, Jamie, because yeah. it requires a lot of shifting neural pathways and yes, a lot it of, inter- it requires the internal work mm-hmm. because of all the messages that we've received over time, because of how you might've watched your parents do it because of, all these different situations. Totally. And then a lot of women listening to this might be in a relationship where they're just not as happy as they want to be, or they're just not getting what they want. And maybe they're banging Mm -hmm. their head against a wall. Like I want him to change. And we know we can't change someone. Yeah. Or can we? Right. So what about for the woman who's listening and they're in a committed relationship, Mm -hmm. but it's just not measuring up to what they really want. Right. Well, I want to say something. I think, so a lot of us rely on love to make us feel alive, right? Like romantic Mm. love. You never feel more alive than when your relationship is popping or like that person is giving you attention. And I think that's giving it too much power. So I love Mm. giving how to be alive lessons. Like how, like, you know, like, I think that's like my next book or like course idea or something like how to be alive. Yes, love is amazing. And hello, I told you a freaking word Venus around my neck. I'm obsessed with love. I love talking about it. But there are other things in life that can help us be alive. If we uber focus or hyper focus on our relationships, that's not it. Yes. Right. So, yes. It, so that is a note for dating. And if you're in a committed relationship, and if you're in a committed relationship and you're struggling, my first uh, look would say, where, where can you just focus more on yourself and getting yeah. what you want, you know, and being alive and in touch with your own inner fire first. Yes. I mean, you right. know, because you're in the year of woman. Yes. And yes. we're doing fire right now. Yes. It's fire yes. month. And we're all about like, right? Like, what does yeah. fire look like in your life? And where are you putting your fire? And what are you looking right. to create? And how are you yes. fiery? And, yes. you know, the it's it, that's just it is how many people, mm-hmm. I think all people, men, women, non-binary, are walking dead, right? It's like yeah. zombies going through life. Yeah. And it's like, you're alive, but you're not alive. Yeah. Yep. And it took me going to your Italy retreat. Hmm. 
you know, I had always been this person that was connected to joy and alive. And one of you, all of you at some point said some version of you are too vibrant and too alive, you know, and amazing to be living like this half life, like to not be connected. And that's what oh, I remember exactly like, when it was, when yeah. it was right. When we were all in our black outfits and we were like doing the, it was the, the day of the deep work. Yeah. I remember exactly. And looking into okay. your eyes and it was like, mm. oh no, you are here. I think I said, you're, you're a fairy. Yeah. I well, looked at you and said, Jamie, you're a fairy. Yeah. Like you're that's way too far. Yeah. And, and then we all saw you throughout the weekend. We probably all said it to you. Like, yeah, yeah you are way too vibrant of a woman. Right. And I'm not special in that way. That's every woman. I truly yes. believe that every, you know, um, uh, I want to connect everybody to that experience. Mm that inner simmer, that inner fire. And yeah. right. It's like knowing what brings that out in you. And for one mm-hmm. woman, it might be red lipstick and, mm-hmm. a, you know, a sleeveless dress. And for another yeah. woman, it might be like, you know, a cause and fighting for Planned Parenthood or, yeah. you know, for elderly rights or whatever. It's yeah. like each one of us, and for someone else, it's gardening and it's reading. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where's your own fire and your own yeah. aliveness? Mm-hmm. And we tend to give that away. So for the people that are in committed Mm. relationships going, okay, how can you help me? We tend to give that away. And we have kind of, I call them our love saboteurs, that Mm. way that we sabotage our relationship or give away our power or like unhealthy behaviors that we can kind of slip into. Um, And a lot of my couples coaching is is, uh, informed by the work of Terry Real. I love his work. He's a feminist Mm. and his work is so special. Uh, So we talk a lot about how are you, what is your, your relational stance? I, when I watch my couples, I watch like, what is your stance with each other? What stance do you take? And mm. do you view the relationship as an us or a me and a you? Because couples that view the relationship as an us do much better mm. than the you and the me. Mm. We see it as an us. Interesting. Does that mean though that we have to do everything together? What does us no. mean? No, it's a, it's a, a sort of a, theoretical framework or it's a concept mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right that mm-hmm. we are not actually individuals we are all part of each other i'm karen you mm-hmm. and i are part of each other like we all you know not to sound like i'm tripping on shrooms but we are all connected um no tripping here it makes sense to me remembering that when you're in a relationship there's an us thing it's not you against mm-hmm. me it's us against the problem mm-hmm this is probably for some other coaching yeah, session sure. <laughs> that I pay yep. you for. But um, <laughs> yeah. you're making me think. Mm. I often hear that I will use you and me language with Josh. Okay. And he always uses us language. Mm. And one of the things that we've really, it's like we've really been identifying and working on. I recognized with my therapist a while ago about my own trust issues stemming yeah. from this very first love that I had, right? Join the and, club, honey. Me too. Yeah, right? And <laughs> yeah. and realizing that a core story of mine is that I'm alone. Yes. And so like even into my own therapy session a couple yeah. days ago, I asked yeah. him like, will you just sit through this cause, so that you can hear me? That's brilliant. Because um, that helps me to build the trust that we are in us, yeah. right? And we were in a thing a couple days ago and he said, I'm on your team. Mm. And my fear brain, right? Like my, it's like a old pattern when we're great, I'm like, we're a team. But when we're yeah. it, when we're in conflict, that inner part yeah. of my brain is like, you are the enemy. Yes. Because she she had to do things 
you know, on her own. I did as a little girl. I had felt like I was by myself a lot. So yeah, same. it's just very interesting to like, yeah. really, how can I keep leaning in? And this mm-hmm. goes for all of us, leaning in as an us. Yeah. You're in a committed relationship, mm-hmm. right? How, what would that look like? And I know mm-hmm. I was really upset the other day about something. And I said to him, okay, can we pause The Bachelor? No joke. This is how it went yeah. down. <laughs> and because I'm feeling really distant and normally my behavior would be to just turn away and be like, fuck him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But instead, I'm going to lean in and tell you what's going on with me. Yeah. And here's how I'm feeling. And it created such an us moment. That's so amazing, Karen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only taken me 49 years to. Well, I mean. Oh, I'm 48. It's only taken me 48 <laughs> years to be able to do that. <laughs> 40 great years. Yeah. Yes. But I love, I love how you did that. Mm. It was a request, not a complaint. Mm. Yeah, I actually had an experience last night with my person where I didn't do it. So I had the opposite. I was feeling mm. distant. And that can be a thing mm-hmm. if you have anxious attachment or have an anxious mm. person, you, you sense distance that maybe probably isn't even there. Right. We, we hear this a lot or we say those things like, I don't feel close to you. I feel distant. Mm. But I, you know, um, I'm still learning too. I didn't say yeah. it as a request. It definitely came off as a complaint and it did not go well. Yeah. Well, let's be clear. Okay. So that was Monday night during The Bachelor. And then yesterday was a Wednesday. And on Wednesday, I didn't do it well, right? I'm like, but yes. (laughs) And fortunately for him, he he in the middle of it, he said, We're on the same team. Oh, I love that. Which is which is growth for us, right? Like we've really, really been like working on it. Um so no, I don't always handle it beautifully. No, I'm like, oh, listen know, to my beautiful moment, okay. but now listen to my hell moment, right? Yeah, it's true. Then it does. They can't hear us. Yeah, when yeah, we do that. I love that. That's so beautiful, and I think a lot of women can relate to the "I'm alone" baggage, right? Mm. I have the same alone in a house full of kids, alone, you know, like um, feeling yeah. alone, and um, and so then I'm always going to be alone, and I knew it, and here I am alone again. Yeah, and here I am again. Have to do this alone, and nobody loves me, and mm. I'm damaged and broken and I knew it here we are right but yes. you have this man telling you we are a team we're here I'm right here right right <laughs> it can be right. so and hard to heal that stuff yeah yeah but you're doing it oh and this is why we need you Jamie yeah this is why we need you well, yeah we and, always come and for everyone out there I have sent couples to Jamie and they adore her as their relationship coach therapist. So like, if you're listening, you're like, she sounds kind of, I got to check her out. Check her out because my clients are so happy. They're so happy that they're working with you. Oh, I'm Mm -hmm. glad to hear that. I I love the work, you know, it's why why I'm here. And um, I'm just in the trenches too, you know, I just got a little bit of clinical training and decades of experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're right, right. We do this work. We're like a few years ahead of where this person is. and (laughs) But it's like, here's the deal on, I was thinking about this, you know, there's no hierarchy in the feminine. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm a few years ahead or a few steps ahead, not even on some of you out there who you have a dream and you haven't followed it yet. Mm -hmm. But then you're someone else is, you know, a few steps ahead of me on motherhood. So I'm going to be like, Hey, can you tell me what you did about, and this is the beauty of us being in community and us sharing and us, right. It's like, that's where it's at. I, I believe that. And I believe that's why I made it a point to say, Hey, just last night, I didn't get it right. And I loved that you were like, I got it right on Monday, but I didn't get it right on Wednesday. <laughs> on Wednesday. And it, and it can be like that. We'll see but, how I do today. <laughs> yeah. But I love that idea of the circular staircase. So we come back to the same shit. We think we've healed, but we always mm. come back at a higher level. 
Mm. We never lose the healing. We never lose the um, ground that we've gained or the knowledge that we've gained. We've just come back at a higher level. Yes. So much yes to that. Right. So much yes to that. All right, Jamie, obviously I can talk cool. to you forever. I know. Um, <laughs> so one, we want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. And then we're going to do okay. a power, a purpose power play round. So where can everyone okay. find you? They can find me uh, two different places. You can go to mybreakupcoaching.com and you can go to hemispherescounseling.com. I'm licensed in the state of Illinois and Florida to work clinically with people. And uh, for more coaching-based international, you can, there's coaching on hemispherescounseling.com. Just click on the coaching link. And like I said, my breakup coaching. And you can check me out on Instagram at at hemispheres underscore counseling uh, and get all of the juice on love, sex, dating, relationships, all that, all that good stuff. I love it. Hemispheres counseling mm-hmm. is like a great place to start, that's a, whether it's that's online. A great place to start. Yeah. And then you'll find all the things. Okay. Yeah, so all good. The things. So yeah. good. Okay. So, Jamie, with my guests, I like to just ask a few random questions. It's called a purpose power play round. Okay. And it's like whatever comes to you is like a good answer. Great. Okay. Favorite sex book? Come as you are. Mm. By Emily Nagoski. I love that book. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you give us like a one or two sentence synopsis of what Come as You Are is? Yeah, it breaks down the neuroscience of uh, arousal and um, the uh, psychology of women's arousal. Mm. The psychology of women's arousal. Mm-hmm. And the neuroscience of women's arousal. So, and the neuroscience. Um, you know, there, there are accelerators and brakes. And you need to find out what your accelerators and your brakes are and do less of the things that break you and more of the things that accelerate you. Mm, it's such a good book, everybody. Yeah. Such a good book. Yeah. Okay. What's one thing that should be in everyone's dating profile? Oh, you should have um, positive language. Mm. Positive language, not negative. Interesting. And good photographs. Mm-hmm. No, only one selfie. I'm only allowing you one selfie. <laughs> uh, no pictures with fish. No pictures, no pictures with fish. No pictures, no mirror photos. Interesting. And no gym or bathroom selfies either. No gym or bathroom selfies. Okay, this is so <laughs> good. There's like that could be a topic on its own. Like, break this down for us, Jamie. Okay, this is so good. So yeah. good. What do you look for in a relationship? Any relationship, friendship, romantic partnership. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I look for depth. You know, I'm a therapist. Mm. I like to go deep. I have been a a therapist since I was 12 years old. I just didn't know it. Um, (laughs) So I look for emotional intelligence or someone who's willing to learn about that and um, open to reading or going to therapy um, uh, and deepening their own knowledge and healing and growth. And I like that in my friends. You know, mm. as well. you know, people who can go that go there, you know, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. What's one thing you want every woman to know? Oh, I love this question. I want everyone to know that joy is your birthright, fire is your birthright, that you, um, it's possible to feel alive. It is possible to find love. It is possible to heal your relationships, heal your heart, get over your ex, and live a life that was actually better than the one you had with them. Mm. Thank you so much. Yes to that, everyone. It is your birthright. Woo-hoo. Yes. Jamie, you're incredible. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Everyone go follow this woman, go call this woman. She, as you can tell, she has all the tools, all the science, the heart, the empathy, and the sass. Yeah, thank you. To have love that. each one of us live in our, our full love, sexy life. I receive that. Mm. And thank you all of you for listening. If you love this episode as much as we love doing it, head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Leave your five-star review and one sentence. It literally takes you 30 seconds and your reviews are what helps me get great guests and helps other women all over the world know that they must listen to this podcast. Of course, head on over to the Purpose Girls Facebook group. That is where 4,700 Women Strong, we are connecting, we are lighting up. I do lives in there all the time. You will get so much more teaching and so much more sisterhood and connection. Find me on Instagram. And now I'm on TikTok. I'm on TikTok as the woman whisperer and loving getting out to so many people there. You will love my videos. They're super short, super fun, super sassy. So find us in all the places. Share this with every woman you know who needs to really tend and mend their heart. That is how we change the world, one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.